Hello and welcome to Sim Radio here on the Thursday Music Network. It's Monday Music Madness and you're tuned into Mixing It with Nikki Chris. This is Nikki and in case you don't know anything about me, I'm a singer-songwriter from Raleigh, North Carolina. My show celebrates women in the music and entertainment industry, providing an avenue for them to showcase their talent. Our motto Sisters in Music, Together We Are Stronger. My guest today is a singer-songwriter from Texas who is the driving force behind the Americana country rock band Suzanne's Band. Her live shows are a blend of music covering the last seven decades and are usually a mix of classic rock, pop, and country. With her recent acceptance, into the Recording Academy and her rapid development as an established YouTube artist, she's certainly a force to be reckoned with. Please join me in welcoming the awesome Suzanne Walker. Welcome to Mixing It, Suzanne. How are you? Hi, Nikki, and hi, everyone, all the listeners listening. I'm doing great. It's an exciting time. First and foremost, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how Suzanne's band formed? Like you mentioned, I'm a singer-songwriter from the Houston area, um, more specifically the the west side where uh, Clint Black and uh, Renee Zellweger and uh, different names that might be familiar uh, came from, from that side. And I've always been involved in music. I was in choirs growing up, a worship pastor at church uh, for a while. I've always done things like that, but after I had raised all my children pretty much, I knew I wanted to do something important with music for the rest of my time on earth, however long I get, and um, decided to start playing instruments. And I picked up the guitar, and it just sort of opened the doorway uh, for all these songs uh, to come to play. And uh, I started writing more music, and then I found myself running over to the piano to do chords on there because it felt a little easier, and then it just kind of morphed from there. Somebody suggested, why don't you sell those songs? And I thought, I can't sell them. They're like babies. You know, if I'm going to... If I'm going to use them, I'm going to play them myself, and then I decided I needed a band for that, so it just kind of went from there. And um, I developed the uh, recording band first, and then started playing solo uh, for a while, and then gradually added other performing band members uh, to my group. As, as you know, it's sometimes it's a different skill set between um, the recording studio and uh, what people can do live, and also time. You know, different people have different time elements to their day that make them a better candidate for one thing or another. Absolutely. I certainly run into that myself, as many of us do, especially mm-hmm. if we depend on other musicians to back us up, which I do quite frequently. What right. sets your music apart? What is it unique? Why do I want to go see Suzanne's band in in concert? Um, Our original songs have um, very meaningful lyrics, and uh, we try and put that Americana folk edge to even when we do covers, when we do that live, we try and give it something a little bit special that you might not hear uh, with the original songs. And of course, you've got the 
um, different things that um, the other musicians do to make it sound a little bit different as well. So it's not exactly like the original, but it's uh, something that we've tweaked to make it our own. Awesome. And what about your main musical influences? I mean, obviously I've said that you you cover material from the past, seven decades, right? So that's a lot of different Mm -hmm. types of music. Do you have any specific (laughs) main musical influences that you draw upon? Uh, Definitely. I mean, the Beatles chord structures, I like some of those. I like the harmonies that um, Little Big Town and uh, different groups like that have in them. Those are some of the influences, ELO. The songwriting skills of Jeff Lynne and George Harrison uh, were just, you know, astounding some of the things that they did. And so I kind of pull from each of those. And the reason why we do so many different decades is that a lot of times when we're playing live, you might, you have people from all generations and your audiences typically. And it makes us a little bit more, you know, sellable for lack of a better terminology out there when we're trying to find gigs, which is hard enough as it is. And uh, the more we know, um, the more marketable we are as a band, too. And um, I I think it helps. Um, If there was a weak area, I would say it's in the top 40. You know, we definitely probably wouldn't classify ourselves as a top 40 band. Yeah, and um, top 40 is actually tough nowadays, to be honest, right? I mean, it. Yeah. you know, I, I struggle because I've never really done covers Uh, there's one or two covers that i do do um i actually tend to stick to more older songs as well but there's a couple Mm -hmm. of songs as of late that i listen to that are more recent you know that my kids are listening to that i'm like oh i could i could do a cover of this and i would do it Mm -hmm. this way and they're just the way that it is Sometimes you just have to do something different. But you have some great musical influences because ELO, Jeff Lynn, Mm -hmm. is absolutely one of my favorites as well. So, so excited to hear his name pop up. He's fantastic. He's phenomenal. Uh, One of the current singers that I've really enjoyed listening to is uh, Ruby Ammons. I don't know how to say her name right to save my life, but she's from the, um, her artist's name is Her, H-E-R, and she does this fantastic song, Hard Place. And whenever I do that live, it just, it's so emotional, what I put into it, that everybody just stops what they're doing. And we recently uh, filmed some video of our uh, live show we did recently, and so I'm hoping that it came out well, because I'm going to definitely put that on my YouTube channel. Definitely. She is fantastic. Saw her perform at, gosh, which award show? I don't know, two years ago? Last year they did virtual. So maybe two mm-hmm. years ago. And she was one of the highlights of the show. She is oh, fantastic. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Really fantastic. Well, let's talk about some of your originals because I know that you have some new music coming out. You've got some recent releases, right? And then you've also brought a couple of things to share with you. So what's going on? What are what are some of the things that the band is working on? Yes, we definitely have um, originals that have been done. There's one EP and one full album 
back to you and all the associated videos along with all those. And then my first Christmas song I had done a couple of years ago, One More Night of Christmas, and I enjoyed doing that so much. I thought, I've got to do another one. So I came up with Underneath the Tree, and um, that was out as of November 5th. So it's exciting to have another Christmas song like that out. Now, this one is a little bit more Americana, and it's feel I definitely am in my lane uh, with this creation, whereas the first Christmas song was more Karen Carpenter, Old School Christmas, which I felt like we needed, you know, to get some of that in there, that those those types of songs were very special. And it was an uh, homage to that. But uh, with Underneath the Tree, definitely in my lane, good old... Americana-based song with little strings and acoustic guitar, and but still the meaningful lyrics uh, that are in there. Um, not saying I won't ever do a song where I just like repeat several words, you know, and make a song out of it. But I just I feel like um, those things that give a message and just speak to people, those are the songs that uh, can do really well too. And that just seems to be where my gift lies for the writing of those songs that evoke emotion or build a picture. You know, they build a picture of what this person is doing at that time. And it kind of flows into our new album, too. Uh, Ice and Fire uh, should be coming out uh, in February. So we're excited about that. That should be about seven songs. And uh, there will be some blues type uh, songs on that, something different I forayed into, but still... Uh, staying in that Americana feel and one that sounds a little bit more pop and all of them having, you know, that picturesque picturesque feel to them where they kind of build a feeling and a picture of where somebody's at at the time with each song. And you certainly do a wonderful job of telling the story based upon what I have listened to the song, a couple of songs that you share with me, plus I've actually gone out on your website and done some, you know, Spotify searching, all that fun stuff, definitely have a knack for telling the story. And we're going to get into a little bit of the songwriting a little bit later in the interview. But right now you did a perfect job of teeing up the first song that we're going to share with everyone, your Christmas song, uh, which we actually played on the first ever Sim Holiday Show, which uh, the first episode aired just a short time ago on the 5th oh, nice. of December. So everybody, you know, if you haven't checked that out, go check it out. But right now we're going to play it again for you. This is Underneath the Tree by Suzanne Band. <laughs> Of the sea 
never heard back, but it's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> it's 2021. Come on. You know, we shouldn't be having these struggles, but they're there and you just kind of roll with it and take what you can get and Thank goodness there's some good uh, gigging places online, you know, where you can register and uh, get some other types of gigs, you know, whether it's weddings or uh, funerals or parties or, you know, widen your horizons and, you know, try and get into some of those things. And um, those work, too. So, And I'm still plugging away, you know, still watch for uh, where other people are playing and try and go to some of those places and drop my card off and you know, see if we'd be a good fit for um, that type of establishment and, you know, uh, try coffee bars and, you know, wine bars and all the usual things and go from there. What about, like, festivals? Yeah, I mean, it's it's tough because I do know. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's interesting, too, because even uh, recently we had a Sisters in Music uh, Sim Jam we called it in New York City and they were actually very very welcoming I was very very impressed with this venue because they were extremely accommodating and very much like yeah sure we're gonna put everybody on the website and all this stuff there it was really really great of course now Mm -hmm. I've been a little bit spoiled because now I'm like trying to plan something for a different city and Nobody's getting back to me. Yeah, it's and like crickets. Not in the thick. <laughs> yeah, it's like it is. It's like crickets. It's like crickets, and you're like going, well, you know, uh, okay. And it's tough too because if you aren't local to the city, you're relying on phone, email, you know, those types of mm-hmm. things. And you know, when you leave a message, they don't have to call you back or you send an email. They don't have to respond to you. So, right. It is. I'm glad that at least you're able to walk in and say, here's my card, and, you know, this is mm-hmm. what we do. And you, you are correct. There are a lot of other opportunities and things like that. And uh, we're also looking at festivals because I do know that uh, festivals are having a tough time right now booking mm-hmm. a lot of different types of bands and things like that. So that might be an avenue for you to look at, too. All kinds of, you know, different yeah. festivals all over the place. But... Yeah, it'll get there. I think it'll get there. I do, you mm-hmm. know, definitely hate the whole male female thing, but unfortunately, yep. it is what it is. But we yep. will change that eventually at some point in time. We just got to keep sticking with it, lugging along. Right, right. So you mentioned your YouTube channel earlier. It is mm-hmm. amazing. Are you going to be doing more <gasps> videos? I know you said you were going to be doing at least. Uh, one or two with the new album. What else can we expect? Yes. Um, like I said, we did some live video recently, so I'm hoping uh, to add those definitely uh, as soon as possible. And then I would like to do um, a music video where I'm actually dancing because I do have that in my arsenal and I haven't gotten to do one of those. So it's definitely on my bucket list. And I have a feeling, especially the song, Ice and Fire, that's definitely one of those uh, good slinky kind of dance uh, type songs that I think would be a really good one for that type of video. So definitely in the works. And the only song off the Back to You album 
um, that I haven't gotten a video for is Fall to My Stars, and it was supposed to be a dance video, and then that's when COVID happened. So all that got shelved. Oh, no. And so there's I'm I may go back and read you know do a dance video for that while I'm doing the other one too just to finish it out because I feel like it needs to be complete. <laughs> I hate that it's like a loose end, you know. <laughs> like I think I need to yes, finish this. I'm. You know, and I love seeing that artist do do the videos because I am so bad with that. To be, I'm very bad with that. I tend to do, if I do do a video, it ends up being like a lyric video, something very simplistic. I have an anime video for one of my songs, and then I have one video that I actually recorded myself for one of the songs, and, and that's one of the ones that I'm like, oh, this came out pretty good. Maybe I should do more of those. <laughs> but. Yeah, it's yeah. just, you know, I mean, I struggle with the whole video thing, but it is really great to see that people do upload videos to their channel. And, and I'm trying, I'm trying to get a little bit better with that. But we are going to take a quick break here from a word from one of our partners in podcasting. This is my partner in crime, Natalie Jean, with Chatting with Nat. We'll be right back on the STEM Radio Network. Chatting with Nat is a podcast for independent women seeking to speak their truth and to break down barriers. We host honest conversations that help to guide and empower women. Speak your truth and set yourself free. Let your voice be heard. And we're back on Mixing It with Nikki Chris on the STEM Radio Network. And my guest, Suzanne Walker. Let's switch gears a bit before we share the second song that you brought with you, which I love, by the way, mm -hmm. also, but we oh, won't get thanks. into that yet. Uh, you're welcome. Has being accepted into the Recording Academy as a voting member put more pressure on you as a musician and a songwriter? Yeah, I, I think it has because I feel like, you know, the you know, the bar's been set a little bit higher, you know, and you feel like, Oh man, you know, I need to do so much more to, you know, make my songs sound like everybody else's so I have to I have to realize that you know, I still need to be true to who I am as an artist and not try and necessarily make my song sound like, you know, Billy Eilish or Bruno Mars or somebody out there that, you know, is maybe higher up in the food chain as far as, you know, votes and getting songs out and then just stay in my lane and, like I said, be true to who I am and what my music is and then uh, just grow from there. Do you think, and, you know, I mean, obviously I'm a member as well as, as as well as mm -hmm. Natalie, do you think, though, that, I mean, a lot of people sit there and say, oh, you know, I have to win a Grammy. I have to do this. I, you know, I don't, I don't look at that, look at it that way. Um, mm -hmm. I'm curious as to see how, how you view it. In my opinion, it's an honor to be a member, to be included in the echelon group, if you will, right? The echelon, if that's how right. you say it. 
the elite, right? Because people do submit to be members and don't get accepted. And, you know, they do have a, a, a limit of, of who they actually invite in and invite to become a member. There are requirements around it. Right. Does that, you know, really define you as as an artist? I mean, I think it's a privilege. It's great. We get to vote on on music. I think even having music just on the first round ballot is a significant accomplishment because they do not accept everything contrary to what other people think and say. It, to mm-hmm. me, that in and of itself is, I'm happy, right? I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. everybody wants to get a nomination. You know, everybody wants to win a Grammy, but is that, like, your goal? Is that your defining, you know, oh, my God, this is what I really, really want to uh, accomplish, and this means every, you know, do you have that urge, I guess? I would say not, and it's just based on, you know, well, a couple of factors. First, when I was brought into the Grammys, it was during COVID. That was one of the good things that came out of COVID <laughs> uh, for me was, you know, being able to be a part of that process because at the time that that was happening, we were uh, pushing through all of the programs to try and help musicians. You know, all those mm. uh, things that were happening to uh, help small businesses and get um musicians and all the associated people involved in the music industry get our voices heard. So uh, when I got involved in all that, it was like a whole nother facet of what the Recording Academy is about. And that kind of, you know, opened my eyes to all the other aspects that are involved in that um, and being a part of a, a group like that, that it's, you know, the Grammy Awards are just like, you know, way up there, you know, as far as the the tip of the iceberg in this thing, but there's so many other uh, supportive things that happen within that that I think that kind of fills up my mind and my heart more as far as contributing in those areas. You know, if I were to be nominated, that's wonderful, but it's certainly not an end goal or definitely not anything that defines me as an artist because there's so much good that can be done within the organization just um, based on, you know, making laws and changing programs so that the music industry and everybody involved in it is a little bit uh, more comfortable, you know, and our benefits. Yep. No, I, I agree with you. I, I agree with you 110%. And, and I'm, you know, definitely, I think that the advocacy work that they do um, yes. and the... It's amazing. Uh, yeah. I mean, that, to me, that that is, that is where it's at. It's the advocacy work. It's, you know, being part of the, I'm part of the songwriters wing. I'm assuming that you are as well. It's, you know, facilitating mm-hmm. those, those uh, you know, young budding songwriters and, and focusing on bringing up the next generation and making sure that they're adequately paid and adequately compensated and providing you yes. know, different types of programs for musicians in need, whether it be for mental health or for, you know, substance abuse or so on and so forth. So awesome. We are on the same page with that. So fabulous. Yeah. Fantastic. As a songwriter, how do you know when a song is ready to be recorded? 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, several factors come into play on it. Um, obviously, it's got, you know, everything written out, you know, the basics. It's got, you know, a whole package. But one thing I will do, too, is I've got um, some songwriter mentors, I guess, that, you know, I'll run things by and I'll say, does this, you know, make sense? Is everything the way it should be? And um, unfortunately, my nickname is Longbridge. Because <laughs> if I have a songwriting weakness, I tend to make my bridges too long. So. <laughs> Like, oh man, don't uh, let the person check out where they're listening to the song right at this point. So I have to work on, you know, it's one thing I have to think about when I'm writing a song is, you know, what's the bridge like? And uh, definitely watch that area. But, um, you know, like the Christmas song that we just heard, you know, it initially had some different lines and the verses. And I had, I changed it so that it is more descriptive of. Christmas itself, instead of bouncing back and forth between a relationship between two people and Christmas, which it kind of was that way to start, and I focused just more on the Christmas aspect of the song, and it made it flow better. Yep, yep, yeah. I, I can, I definitely will say that the song definitely flows. So whatever you did to change it was. Mm-hmm. Definitely the right move in that regard. Yeah. Um, obviously, I didn't right. didn't know what it sounded like before that, but uh, <laughs> I like the way it ended up. I like the way it ended up. So be- let's yeah. uh, let's talk about the second song that you brought with you by the Bayou. Uh, tell mm-hmm. us a little bit about that, and then we're going to pop that on for everybody. Yeah, and uh, just to preface that, this is a, a rough mix. Uh, it's not the final mix. And um, even since I uh, sent that song over, we've sped up the track some, so it's not dragging as much, and uh, made a few other changes within it uh, production-wise. So, uh, But um, definitely wanted everybody to hear a little snippet of that uh, so you can tell what we're working on and some of the elements that will be in the new album. Uh, like it will incorporate some harmonica and mandolin and things that I hadn't done before. And the other neat thing is that this is the Christmas song, and this one were the first um, items that I've uh, been producer on. So it was a whole new hat to wear. And uh, with By the Bayou, uh, this song was written a lot slower initially, and it was almost like, I don't want to say depressive, but it was definitely a low-key song. And then when I changed... Uh, the way the song went and redid some of the lyrics, all of a sudden it was bouncy. You know, I thought, oh, well, this is cool. We can do this and this and this with it. And uh, it is kind of based on some truth. Uh, the best songs are, you know, when you start getting truthful about um, how you feel or something that happened, it's a, it's a lot easier to connect, and I think people can feel that too. So, yes, there is a Mason Road. <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Well, we yes. are going to pop this in for everyone. This is By the Bayou from Suzanne's Band. Ooh, 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 ooh. Road by the bayou 
Before Mm -hmm. we run out of time and sign off and say goodbye to everybody, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? What about where they can find you on social media? Yeah, uh, definitely. We have a website. It's uh, SuzanneSpan.com, and you can uh, usually get to all the social media um, outlets through there. Um, we have a Facebook page. It's uh, Suzanne's Band Music. And the website and the Facebook page are probably the two most current things or the places where posts get uh, posted the quickest regarding upcoming shows or music that's coming out, different things like that. Uh, we also have Instagram and Twitter. And obviously we have a, a YouTube channel, as we talked about, uh, where you can watch videos. And uh, my distributor will post uh, any new songs there, and they will obviously come out there first before a video might be attached to it. So that's always a good place to listen as well. You can uh, buy uh, all the songs through all the usual suspects, whether it's iTunes or Apple Music or you know any of those types of outlets that you use. It's um, on Spotify as well and Pandora. Um, wherever it is you like to find your music, it should be there. Fabulously fantastic. Suzanne, thank you so, so very much for joining me today. Suzanne Walker from Suzanne's Band calling You're in. You're welcome. From Thanks for having me. Houston. <laughs> You're quite welcome. The Houston, Texas area. Everybody, thank you so much for tuning into Mix It It. On behalf of everyone at Sim Radio, this is Nikki Chris. Until next time, keep on, what do we say? We say keep on mixing it. Mixing it. Mixing it.